The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. story how a savior came from glory how he gave his life on calvary to save a wretch like me i heard about his groaning of his precious bloods atoning and then i repented of my sins and i won the victory i heard about his healing of his cleansing power revealing. How he made the lame to walk, caused the blind to see. Then I cried, Dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus! my Savior forever. He sought me, and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I love that old hymn. Oh, victory in Jesus! Let's talk about victory today in Jesus. Let's talk about what it means to enroll in the, in the school of the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about why we need to enroll. It's clear to anyone who has eyes to see that America, that American culture is utterly wicked and vile that we have so turned from the presence of God, that we have grieved the Holy Spirit, that the American church today is just a shell of what it once was. Oh, it's huge in numbers. The pastors are better paid than at any point in history. They are more educated than at any point in the history since Jesus was here. But no righteousness no holiness. My grandson, he came to me. He said to me, Papa, would you help me? We're doing a fundraiser at church in our youth department. I said, well, tell me about it. What are you doing the fundraising for? Is it a mission project? Oh, he said, Papa, we're going to put a hot dog machine in the youth center, and we're going to put a, a cotton candy machine in the youth center. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me that you're not doing a mission outreach? You're instead installing a, a hot dog machine and a, 
a cotton candy machine in your youth center? Yes, Papa. I said, my heart's broken. I can't help you with that. If you were going for a mission, I'd be happy to help you. But to install a cotton candy machine in your youth center? Are you kidding me? He said, oh, Papa, we also have a, a large screen television, and we watch movies. He said, I don't think you'd like the music they play either, Papa. Well, needless to say, no, I did not like the music they played or the TV shows they constantly had or the violent video games that they constantly played. No, I don't like it. There is a desperate need for God's people to once more enroll in the, in the school of the Holy Spirit. There was a day when the pulpits of America thundered with righteousness. No longer. Now it thunders with the sound of NASCAR and football. Now it thunders with the sound of parties, social events. I want to tell you a story today, and then I want to talk about the desperate need for the school of the Holy Spirit and what that will begin to look like in your life and what it looks like in my life. Jesus invited his disciples in Mark, the fifth chapter, to join him and go to the direct opposite side of the Sea of Galilee. They came to the country of the Gadareans. Now, as Jesus got out of the boat with his disciples, there came a man running to Jesus. And he cried out with a loud voice, What is there for me and for you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you, the God, may you not torment me. Suddenly we are face to face with the depth of demonic possession and the righteous Son of the living God. There is no such thing as grace and sin together. They are in total opposition to one another. Grace is the divine influence of God to walk righteously before him. Sin is submission to the demonic power of rebellion against the Most High God. So this man comes running to say to Jesus, please don't torture me. Now from the dark side, Jesus is a torturer. Jesus is a punisher. Jesus is a judge. He is harsh. He is unkind. 
he is to be terrified of. From Jesus' side, the demonic is something to be rebuked and cast out. From Jesus' side, he brings the light that destroys the darkness. He sets the captives free. He gives them victory over their sin, over their unrighteousness. And so today, on the dark side, I hear in the modern church the lie that Jesus' blood does not have the power to break the bondage of sin in your life so that you walk without sin. No, instead they teach that you must always walk in the darkness until you die. In other words, death is your Savior, not the blood of Jesus Christ. So from the dark side, you fight against the light of freedom and victory over all sin. You scorn it. You say it's not possible. We sin every day. All of us sin every day. The dark side scorns the blood of Jesus Christ. But on the side of glory, there is the light of Jesus Christ who overcomes and has the victory so that you proclaim with a loud voice, there is victory in Jesus. He loves me. He sought me. As this old song says, Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me. And he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him. And all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. If you don't have the victory today, my brother, my sister, it's because you're still walking on the dark side. You may be very religious, but if you don't have the victory, you're walking in darkness and you have not yet been plunged beneath that cleansing flood of blood that came from the side of Jesus. This man walked on the dark side. Let me read the description of his life. A man from the tombs. In other words, a man from living among the dead. With an unclean spirit. Who had a dwelling among the tombs. And no one was able to bind him, not even with chains because he had often been bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the fetters had been broken, and no one was able to subdue him. One of the signs that you're living on the dark side is that you fight against all discipline. You fight against all that would restrain or hold you back from plunging into the wickedness of the world. When someone tells you, leave the alcohol alone, don't drink, that sounds like bondage to you. 
but one man I just recently read about went before the judge for his 10th DWI. He refused to be bound. He refused to stop drinking. He insisted he had the right to drink and drive. The judge said, Sir, you do not have the right to drink and drive. And he sentenced him to life in prison. He's now going to have the rest of his life to be sober behind bars. Some of you fight against the idea of surrender to the light. You think the light is bondage. The light is not bondage. The light is freedom to not live any longer among the dead. But those who live among the dead think that they have the right to participate in the professional sports, in the movies that are vile and wicked, to sit for hours and drink in the television, to lie, to cheat, to steal, to connive, to deceive. You see, those who dwell in the dark consider it their right to live among the tombs. And they think that that is safety and that the light is darkness. So they call the bitter sweet and they call the sweet bitter. And so our Supreme Court says we can redefine marriage. And we decree as the law for America that marriage can be between two men or two women. They call good evil and they call evil good. It's okay to abort babies, they say. It's just flesh anyway. Irregardless that all of the scientific evidence says that life begins in the womb, even consciousness begins in the womb, but they rip the babies apart with vacuum pressure. They rip the babies apart and they sell the baby parts. What a a heinous crime. We should have Nuremberg trials going in America for these wicked Nazis. A woman's choice, you say? No, a woman's choice is whether she will go to bed and have sex with a man. That's her choice. And then if a baby is birthed out of that, that's not her choice. That's murder. Are you aware of what banks are doing with fractional currencies? A bank receives $10 in deposit. Now they loan out $100 on that 10 or more so that our entire banking system is built on total fraud. It is a criminal enterprise. So 
a bank takes $10 from you as deposit and says, this is no longer your $10, this is our $10, and I'll give you an IOU for it. Did you know that all money that you have deposited in the bank, they have the right over that, not you? And they don't have to pay you back. It's an IOU. And if the bank goes belly up, you don't get your money back. Oh, the, the bondholders will get paid. Other debtors will get paid, but you as the depositor are at the very end of the train. Chances are you will not get anything back. And they take that $10 you deposited, and then they do what is called fiat currency, fractional reserve banking, where now they make up money in the computer and they loan that money out to another person. They don't have the money. They make it up. And now people borrow that for a new car and pay interest on imaginary money. And so the whole system of America is built on imaginary money. It's all a lie. Fiat currency means there is nothing standing behind it. When Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard, America began to cheat every nation of the earth because we had the reserve currency, and now they have corrupted the reserve currency. Do you realize when... I'll date myself, but when I was a, a young boy, I could buy an ice cream for a nickel. My first year in the ministry, I only received $9,000 as salary. And with that $9,000, I rented a, a beautiful home. I bought a Mercedes Benz. I bought new furniture. I had a wife and a child on $9,000. Well, why can't we today on $9,000 because they've corrupted the money. They have they've created so much false money that they have diluted the currency of America. It's not just America. Let me read something for you. A dear brother sent me this today. I, I want to read it for you. This was a dear brother that stays in touch with what's happening financially around the world. He said, China down 24% year to date. One month, a 24% loss, suddenly trillions vanishing. German stock market, the DAX, down 25% since April. One quarter of German stock market wealth, hundreds of billions vanished since the EU and Merkel approved the Islamic migration started and the real EU took over of Europe. Summer of 2014, the euro currency is down 40%. That is 40% of euro 
value gone. If you are a European citizen, your money is worth just 60% of what it was just 18 months ago. The Japanese yen has fallen 33% in four years. One-third of Japan's purchasing power is gone. Japanese citizens' yen is worth a full one-third less in just four years. They stole this wealth. It is vanishing from the masses, and it is going to the elites. The 10-year German Bundes, their government bond, down 75% since 2013. Confidence erosion to the max. The Bund is now down 90% since 2011. It's a worldwide problem. It's the central banking system. It's the Fed. It's the Bank of England. They are thieves and robbers. They are criminal in their enterprises. And they are now crashing the American dollar. My advice to you, if you are in the stock market, and I speak now as a man of God, get out of it. It is going down. You better have some cash at home. You better have some food stored at home. And I recommend a firearm as well. You better have a crash helmet on and you better have your seatbelt buckled. Times are going to be very hard in the coming near term. And yet all of this is called light. But it's darkness. It is vile thievery. And then to keep the population from seeing what's going on, to keep them happy in their, their tomb dwelling, they have the Super Bowl. In Rome, they had the bread and circuses. Here, they have their food stamps and their Super Bowls and their SAGs and their Oscars and all the other foolishness and the wickedness and the vileness dwelling in the tombs thinking that this is how life is supposed to be. It's not. The scriptures say this man was bound with chains and he broke the chains every time, broke the chains, could not be bound. America cannot be bound. We are determined to crash. We are determined to walk in wickedness. We will choose a president for America that reflects American values. Modern American values. Tomb values. A circus. A jester. A liar. A man of God comes to lead America and he is scorned. He is castigated. He is cast down. America 
lives now night and day in the mountains among the tombs. We are a dead people. America is dead because it dwells in the darkness. And we must come out of the darkness and into the light. Jesus does not come to torture us. He comes to establish righteousness, innocence. He comes to establish dikasune, which in the Greek is innocence. He comes to take away our guilt. He comes to give us victory in Christ Jesus by the precious blood, to remove the filth, to wash away the sin. It says constantly day and night in the mountains and among the tombs. He was crying out and cutting himself with stones. Crying out, cutting himself with stones. A young woman, beautiful young woman, came to our home. My wife ministered to her and finally said, come and live with us. Her parents said yes because they could no longer tolerate her behavior. She was cutting herself. Second or third night, she was in our home. She was upstairs in her bedroom. And she'd been there for quite some time. And I said, sweetheart, you need to go and check on her. She went upstairs. She knocked on her door and there was no answer. But she heard the sound of tears. She opened the door. And this young woman was sitting in the middle of the carpet without any clothes on. And she had found candles, large fat candles, and she had formed a pentagram around herself. She was sitting in the center of that pentagram, tears flowing down her face, with a knife from the kitchen cutting her wrist, and blood was flowing. Our hearts went out to her. My wife rushed to her, put her arms around her, kissed her, said, sweetheart, you don't need to do this. The pain is so high, I have to cut myself to distract from the sexual abuse of her father. What a tragedy. My wife took her in her arms, took her to the bathroom, cleaned her up, bandaged her arm, took the candles and removed them. And then we went into that bedroom and we began to pray and cleanse it of every wicked and evil spirit. And we both put our arms around this young, beautiful woman and cried out to Jesus for her deliverance. And I want to tell you today, God gloriously delivered her.
today. She is a wonderful, wonderful, free Christian woman, mother, wife, godly woman. I still, to this day, celebrate her and love her and her husband and her children. I want to tell you today, there is nothing sexy or alive about the devil. There's nothing beautiful about the dragon being sketched on human flesh. There is nothing pretty about football. There's nothing pretty about the gambling and the, and the drugging and the drinking. There's nothing beautiful about fornication or lesbianism or homosexuality. There's nothing beautiful about any of this filth. There's nothing beautiful about the world's music. There is nothing beautiful about a person who says, I'm a Christian, but walks in the lust of the flesh. There's nothing beautiful about pornography or sexual slavery or trafficking. There's nothing beautiful about the wickedness and the vileness of this world because the person who's caught in it will finally be filled with anguish and pain and cutting and vileness. There's nothing beautiful about sin. It is the opposite. It is of darkness. And Jesus comes and he says, I will deliver you. But the devil comes and says, don't torture me, don't torture me. Now, please, you answer me a very logical question, please. In a moment, this man is going to be sitting clothed in his right mind with joy and peace in his face. Now, you tell me, was the devil the source of torture or was Jesus the source of torture? Obviously, it was the devil who was the torturer. It was the devil who, as it talks about in, in Luke, it was the devil who was trying to drive this man out into the wilderness where he would die. It's Satan who hates you. It's Jesus who loves you. It's Satan who steals and kills and murders. It's Satan who takes your reputation. It's Satan who destroys your marriage. It's Satan who, who causes you to lie and cheat and steal. He offers it you as, as a sexy possibility for adventure. There's nothing about it that's adventurous. Some of you dear women, you dress with your breasts exposed, and you think that's sexy? It is ugly. It is repulsive. It is the way of tomb living. It is the way of the devil. You think you can wear these tight clothes? You think you're sexy when you dress this way? You're only sexy to the perverted Some of you guys, 
You can think you can dress with your pants hanging halfway down your behind. You think it's cute to have people see your crack. I don't mean to be speaking in a vulgar way, but I'm talking about vulgar things. Some of you guys, you think it's hot stuff to take out a big loan on some sports car or some status car, and you think you're somebody as you drive down the street, but you don't own the car. The bank owns it, and they're stealing from you because the currency you bought it with is a false fiat currency. You're part of a criminal enterprise. and You think that's pretty. You think that's sexy. You think that that makes you a man. A big, hot car doesn't make you a man or a woman of status. It only says you're a part of the criminal enterprise. It's tomb dwelling and you will end up crying out and cutting yourself to try to alleviate the pain when you go into bankruptcy when the currency collapses when the grocery stores no longer have food on the shelves and you're hungry as one man a pastor said to me well, when that time comes, I'm just going to get my firearm and I'm going to come over to the neighbor's house and I'm going to take whatever I have to have. My family's going to live even if it means another family dies. That man is cave dwelling. He's living in the tombs. He's living in darkness. This man sees Jesus from a distance and he runs and he bows down before him and he cries out with a loud voice, what is there for me and for you, Jesus? And I ask you the same question today. What is there for you in Jesus Christ? Well, let's answer the question. There is for you in Jesus Christ love and joy, and peace, and long-suffering. There is for you in Jesus the school of the Holy Spirit where you learn how to walk in Jesus Christ, have your sins washed away, and live in victory, and be a contributor instead of a consumer. There is for you in Jesus light, and glory, and peace, and warmth, and happiness. There is for you in Jesus everything the human heart so desperately desires to be, to be loved, to belong, to be free to love others, to be free to be clean, washed, pure. Jesus says to the man, or should I say to the demon spirit, you must come out of the man, unclean spirit. You know, every time spirits of darkness are referred to in the scripture, they're referred to as unclean spirits. 
because the hip-hop dance is unclean. It's demonic. The modern music is demonic. It's unclean. The rap that is so popular, most of it is utterly unclean. It's of demon spirits. It is of seducing spirits. It is of utter wickedness. Now you can say to me, Pastor, you're old-fashioned. Well, yes, I am old-fashioned. I'm old-fashioned because I go back to the cross of Jesus Christ. But please, you're even more old-fashioned if you go back to the Garden of Eden and side with the dragon and throw off what you think is a constraint or an inconvenience on your life and you don't care to live by the principles of integrity and hard work and self-reliance, you don't care to be walking free in Jesus, you would rather be entitled to a handout, you would rather be free to take what does not belong to you, you would rather be free to steal. We've made what is wicked appear to be good in America. We've called the sweet bitter and the bitter sweet. It breaks my heart. And so I come day by day on this broadcast and I say in my prayers, you demon spirit, you come out of every person and every church, you be rebuked in the name of Jesus and let righteousness roll. Let purity come forth. Let darkness be dispelled. Jesus said, what is your name? And he answered saying, legion is my name because we are many. And he was calling on him greatly that he might not send him out of the region. Now a great herd of pigs was there feeding, feeding near the mountain. And all the demons called on him saying, send us to the pigs that we may enter into them. Oh, do you see? When you begin a piggish lifestyle, you only want to be with pigs. Righteous men and women cause you heartburn. I know some of you who have tried to listen to this broadcast today couldn't handle it. and You've probably turned it off. Maybe now you've turned it back on for a minute to see if Pastor Ray is still bothered by wickedness. I am, even more so. You can run to the pigs if you choose. Pigs are the epitome of uncleanness. I refuse to even eat pigs today because their their flesh is so unclean, so so dirty. These men, this man, these demons all in league together and Jesus speaks to this man and says, look, legion, come out of this man. And they say, can we go to the pigs? So please hear me. I'm saying that darkness 
dwells in caves, in the tombs, with cutting and with groaning and with sorrow. And when pushed out of there, they run to the pigs. Have you run to the pigs? Are you miserable? Do you need Jesus to come and deliver you? I'm telling you today, Jesus will deliver you. Immediately, Jesus gave them permission, and the unclean spirits, having gone out, entered into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea. Now there were about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. Death is the end of darkness. Don't pretend with me that you can live in the darkness and claim that you're under the blood of Jesus and that, the, and that you're saved and that you live under grace. Grace and sin don't exist in the same space. They are an antithesis, one against the other. Grace is with righteousness. Sin is with unrighteousness and darkness and piggish life. the ones who were feeding the pigs fled and they reported it in the city and among the farms and all these folk came out to see what had happened and they came to Jesus and they looked and they watched and there was that demon oppressed man sitting he's now clothed clean in his right mind and they're terrified who is it that has such power to cleanse a man and restore a man. Nothing could control this man. He was was a wild man. And now he sits listening to Jesus, filled with joy and hope for a better life, filled with peace, filled with love. And they're afraid. And they begin to beg Jesus to leave the region. Why? Because they were men and women of darkness. And they saw the glorious light that was blinding to them. And they were terrified by it. They believed that Jesus and his glorious light was torture. I call the darkness torture. How about you? I call the pig life torture, the consuming of everything unclean, filled with self-pride and arrogance. I call that torture, being controlled by what you have and what you want to be and the love of money and the lust for things. I call that torture. I belong to Jesus Christ. My heart today is filled with his love. My heart is filled with his presence, his power. I've come out into the light that it can be clearly seen by what I do, that I walk in Jesus Christ. I'm not going to hide going to walk clear and free and clean. 
I'm finished with the pig life. I'm finished with the tomb life. I'm finished of the cutting, the self-punishment, the self-condemnation. I've had it. I'm done with it. I'm over it. I've entered into the light. Where are you dwelling? Can you say today, I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning of his precious blood's atoning. And then I repented of my sins and I won the victory. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing how he made the lame to walk and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, Dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came, brought to me the victory. Oh, victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me. And he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him. And all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. How are you walking today? Or should I ask, where are you walking? Are you walking in that piggish life? Claiming that Jesus is a hard man? Are you refusing to be bound? So you think you're free because you broke the chains of righteousness? So you can dwell in a tomb with the dead? Is that freedom to you? Do you make excuses for your sin? Is your heart filled with a bitter root? Do you walk in the joy and the love and the glory of Jesus Christ? We've got just a few minutes left in this broadcast. If you'd like to call and ask if I would pray for you, I would be happy to pray for you. Our phone number is 877-534-0780. Call quickly if you know in your heart it's time to leave the pig life. It's time to leave the tomb. You want to come out into the light. Call me quickly, 877 534 0780 and I'll pray for you. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley, the pastor of the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. What's it worth to be washed and clean and walk in joy in Jesus? What's that worth to you? 
tell you it's worth everything to me. Jesus is worth everything to me. I love him with all my heart. All that I possess is his. All of my time, talent, energy, it all belongs to him. This broadcast belongs to Jesus. The National Prayer Chapel belongs to Jesus. Because in his grace and mercy, he brought forth light to dispel the darkness of our hearts. Lord Jesus, my brothers and sisters do not have the courage to call and say, please pray for me. So Lord, I'll just pray for them where they're at as they are. I pray you'll send your Holy Spirit after every person listening to this broadcast. For those who are walking in the light, I ask that you would increase the light, increase, almighty God, the glorious presence of your Holy Spirit in their hearts. Take away every doubt and every fear Encourage them to stand on what they know about you, Jesus, and to be filled now by your Holy Spirit. Let revival begin now among those, Jesus, who earnestly seek you with all of their hearts. Turn them away from every temptation of the devil because they will only go into darkness and bondage. Lord, establish every honest and sincere follower of yours Establish them now. Grow them up in you, Jesus. Bring them fully into the school of the Holy Spirit and give them victory in your blood. And Lord, every man or woman listening to this broadcast right now who is walking in the piggishness of darkness, whose heart is sore-pressed they want deliverance, but they don't have the courage. They don't have the understanding. Lord, would you open a pathway of deliverance before them now in the name of Jesus? Lord, I, I ask that you break down the gates of bondage that have held your people captive. I ask that every deceiving word would be uncovered. Every deceiving practice would now be uncovered by the light of your glory. I ask that men and women would be given now the gift of repentance, conviction, and an overwhelming revelation of you hung on that cross for them. I ask that you would expose the lies of the piggish life, that all cutting, that all self-condemnation would be cast aside and that your people would enter into the glorious presence of your Holy Spirit, teaching them to walk in righteousness 
Lord, I plead your blood today. Jesus, I plead your blood over your people today. I plead your blood over every church, every pastor. Lord, I plead your blood today over Washington, D.C. Lord, I praise you and thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. You're welcome to go to our webpage, and there you'll find this past Sunday's sermon. You'll find podcasts. You'll find videos. Just go to nationalprayerchapel.com, nationalprayerchapel.com. You're also welcome to come and worship with the National Prayer Chapel. We meet at the All Saints Anglican Church, 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. Come around to the backside Tuesday evening, 6.30, prayer, 7.30, we begin sharing and teaching. Sundays, 12 noon. I invite you to come if you want to leave the piggish life. And you want to walk free in the glory of Jesus. Again, this is Ray Greenley, pastor of the National Prayer Chapel. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you in Jesus. The victory is yours. I'll talk to you soon.